What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of the Not After 30 podcast? My name's Anthony LFA, and I'm happy to present to you Not After 30 podcast, episode 65, Blue Jay edition number 9. This is a winter meetings, baby. Baby! I'm happy to report that I found Mike Paraconi, and he's alive and well. After a couple of months away from the podcast, he is back in a big way. We do an impromptu get-together for the Blue Jay edition. As well, we're missing Bob Walker. Unfortunately, he has gone missing, but we'll find him shortly. I have a feeling about that. This is a Blue Jay edition prior, or sorry, post-winter meeting, uh, winter meetings, and see where the Blue Jays go from here. There's a lot still on the table. It is exciting to see. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. As always, please support the show. And by supporting the show, I mean buy some of our merch. It's getting cold outside. Buy one of our toques, beanies, or the goddamn hipster beanie, the one that we can't seem to keep in stock. Thank you so much for everyone who has purchased one already. You are keeping the show afloat. If you have any of the Not After 30 merchandise, please hashtag us on Instagram. Hashtag Not After 30s. T-H-I-R-T-E-E-S. Thank you so much for helping us out. That being said, support the people that support the show. Superior Finish Painting, 289-979-9000. Your shit ride. And of course... The people that make the toques, the shirts, maybe even a hoodie in the future. The good people at 2020 Print Media, 905-609-7979. Again, 905-609-7979. Yes, sir. Okay, ladies and germs, I am pleased to present episode 65, Blue Jays edition number nine. Myself, the coach, we're trying to stay warm out here. Here it is. Remember, passion over paycheck. With this, I think we'll just do some Blue Jay winter meetings talk, okay. and then you know we'll do we'll play a little catch up off the top and go from there. Okay, sounds good, buddy. Let's do it. All right. Oh man, oh, I love doing this. Seriously, uh, there's like five things I love doing. Yeah. I love podcasting. Yeah. I love eating. I love shitting. Oh, so good. I All love laughing. Yeah. And I love my wife. Other than that, oh, maybe sports in there too. So yeah. Six things I really love. Yeah. But when I don't get to podcast, I get so cranky. Yeah. I can. You gotta get. You gotta get it all out. Exactly. You and you know, somebody's listening to this, and thank God, because if not, I don't know if I'd, like, <laughs> I. I might still do it, but at least it's justified when yeah. people listen. That's right. Hundred percent. Oh, you ready to do this? Yeah. Let's do let's it, buddy. Do it. Cheers. Cheers. This is the Not After Thirty podcast podcast about reminiscing about your 20s while surviving your 30s. Now, it's time for the show. What's up, Not Not Nation lovers of the Not After 30 podcast? I am joined by my BJ brother. Ooh, 
Let me rephrase that. My blow job. Oh, wait. Oh. <laughs> My Blue Jay brother, the coach, is back in the cut. Welcome back, buddy. Oh, thanks for having me, man. It's uh, it's nice to be here. It's been a little while, and um, we've got some other plans on the hot horizon right now. So it's a perfect time to get together and talk a little bit about uh, where the Blue Jays have gone, where they are headed, and uh, our thoughts on the off season. I think it's a good uh, in between there. Something to tie us over to so spring training. I'm so excited for this conversation. Yep. Now I'm not as prepared as I usually am for a Blue Jay podcast. I am never prepared. But you're just a wealth of knowledge, so. No, I just, I'm a really good bullshitter. Yeah, isn't that the truth? <laughs> um, okay, so lots going on in Blue Jay land. Yeah. Let's, I, I want to play a little bit of catch up. How have you been? Like, it's been months since we sat down. Well, you know what? We should we should start by by apologizing to the fans who really love the Blue Jay edition. Yeah. Because we wanted to do an end of season. We didn't end up getting to do one. And now we're, we're rushing right into the winter meetings. Well, I jumped off a bridge when we lost to Cleveland. Right. And then I floated down yes. the river. And then eventually they find me and I had to recuperate. Yes. And then, you know, event, like it, it takes, dude, physiotherapy is hard work. Yes, I know. So, it's like, true. I'm here now. True. I walked here from, yes. you know, like, I've that's in, that's in my prescription i must walk yes uh just to get my legs back but no honestly it's it's yeah i mean we yeah we certainly apologize but at the same time i think our passion and all that sort of overrides it and it's you know what we can drop a little bit here in the off season and talk about there's a lot going on in blue jays land so much uh, i guess if you want to talk a little bit about how the playoffs ended and how the season yeah. ended up let's do a quick recap well, really quickly uh almost always jesse joins us this um unfortunately I didn't call. I didn't. No, call Jesse Jess, didn't get invited. Yeah, I, I, like Mike and I met up for something kind of different. So this is like an impromptu, and that's why we're not as prepped as we usually are. Yeah, but uh, I don't think we're missing much. Jesse usually just. No, I was going to say yeah. he's sort of the third wheel anyway, yeah. so it's not a big deal. He's got his own pa- podcast. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, with love that being, yeah, yeah, Bob, we love you, brother. Don't worry. Next one for sure. With that being said, let's get into it. The Blue Jays unfortunately could not get any farther than they did the previous season, yeah. getting knocked out on the ALCS, unfortunately, to the evil Cleveland Indians. Yet yeah, somehow not quite as evil as... Kansas City? Yeah. You know what? I, I think it's, it burns a little less because Kansas City, I lashed the year before, the year prior lost in the World Series. Right. So you're kind of like, okay, well, they're already a good team, and, and Cleveland kind of came out of nowhere, and the White Sox kind of fell out in the Central, Who and they they were like they were looking Cleveland, like they were going to... Yeah, Cleveland was sort of on their own. Yeah. I guess, you know what? Cleveland I guess, only made it because Kansas City fell apart and and Chicago White Sox fell apart. Right. And Cleveland just kind of snuck in there. Yeah, and I, I guess the... Um, how do I put this? The, the, Kansas City was a competitive series. Mm-hmm. This one wasn't. No. We got smoked. We got and, side And I think that maybe that's why, like, I, I guess I appreciate w- how they beat us a bit more, whereas with Kansas City, I felt like the door was open and it got slammed shut on us. Yeah. Uh, a couple breaks didn't go our way. Nobody's fault or anything like that. just didn't work out. And whereas Cleveland cleaned our clock for three games, we yes. got one freebie. Right. And then and then they took it to us. And and, and Cleveland, everyone thought Cleveland, we were going to walk over, myself included. Think about how we talked in the last podcast. Oh, my God. It's embarrassing. I, it was, Yeah. I mean, none of us predict, predicted Cleveland to go to the World Series, and we predicted three different National League teams. Yeah. So we, I mean, yes, we're home. We all know about this. We don't hide our bias in what we say. But at the same time, I felt better about the American League matchup than the National League matchups. Okay, here it is. So I'm looking back at, at our, our notes from, uh, I don't know if I dated this one, but this was right after. It's it's getting close to playoff time. Is it, is it after the ALDS or, or no? Yeah, no, I it think was, it was right, right before the yeah, ALCS. So, so let's go end of September, early they October. They had just swept Texas. Okay. I feel like I can't hear myself. Oh, this is going to be weird if it's not on there. Okay. So 
the predictions versus Cleveland. Mike and Jesse said Toronto in six, and I said Jason five. Yeah. So how fucked up is that? Uh, Jesse predicted Martin goes red hot. Mike predicted Stroman to be the best pitcher. Jesse said Estrada to be the best. I said Sanchez to be the best pitcher. Uh, the MVP, uh, Mike said Batista. Uh, Jesse said Russell Martin. I said Tulo. Yeah. And then the World Series, we predicted that you, uh, Jesse predicted the Cubs and the Blue Jays. Mike predi- predicted Washington and the Blue Jays. I predicted the Dodgers and the Jays. Yeah. So, I mean, really the only one. Well, I don't get paid to do this, folks. So <laughs> it's not like you can't only hold me to so much. But yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. felt like. I felt like we weren't that far off. I felt like there was enough parity in the NL that any of those three teams or the other ones that were involved, even from the outset, could have come out of it. And I felt like after we beat Texas, it was a relatively direct path. Now, I, clearly, we, we underestimated Cleveland, right. the managerial prowess, uh, the way that they de- deployed their assets. And basically, if you look, now our Cleveland general manager regime, general manager re- regime excuse me, is building Cleveland light. Right. So, like... We learned something There's from it. There's more building blocks in Toronto than there was in Cleveland, though. A hundred percent. Okay, A hundred percent. But I'm curious as to what you think about this direction as we get into this a little farther, because yeah. I'm taking a little bit of an alternative approach to what I'm hearing on the radio and stuff okay. like that. So we can so, get into that later. So just as a timeline for Blue Jay fans that are listening to this, we are... Um, we're on the 8th of December. Winter meetings have just ended. Yep. This will probably be a couple days before it comes out. Um, this might come out the following Monday, so it might be sure. the 13th or whatever that might be. The, um... But most of the fireworks have happened from the winter meetings. Anything right. that comes right now, I'm not saying that we don't have options. I'm just saying that a lo- usually, traditionally, a lot of stuff gets done in the winter meetings. Yeah. and then, But there's still a lot of uh, eggs out there to put in, put in your basket, right? So, so wild. So where do, do we want to talk departures? Do we want to talk signees? Okay, um, you know what? Let, let's talk about the big thing because the big thing is the two big free agents coming out of Toronto right. haven't been signed. The yeah. three big... Free agents coming out of Toronto. One of three have been signed. You calling Brett Cecil a big free agent? Yeah. You know what? For the money he got, I guess he yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So let's start with cool. Brett. Let's get that out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I like Brett a lot. I always have. I always thought he was talked down on Toronto because, A, that's what we do in Toronto sports. We denigrate our heroes. Yes. And then, secondly, uh, he had a bad portion of a year that really skewed his stats. So, okay. But I wouldn't have paid the amount of money that it took to get Brett Cecil oh back. Cle- St. Louis paid through the nose. And good good for him. Good for his family. He wanted to come back. I don't think... I think St. Louis was the only team willing to offer him four years. God bless you. Enjoy your money. Right? Yeah. So I think that one... I think that's over and done with. I mean, Brett's been a good soldier for the Blue Jays. He played through the, lean, the leaner years and the way we built it up. And no matter what, he was always our go-to lefty even in bad years. So, you know. What, now, I like Brett. I think, I think he was a Longest, longest. He may very well have been the longest serving Blue Jay. I that's think, actually probably fair. I think he. I think, I think he that's is, a, yeah. I think there's a good bet on that. Yeah. So uh, I'm just trying to look up. I don't know if I can find it in time, but um, I'm trying to find the the recent signees. But let's talk about Jose and Eddie. Okay. Because this is this is like uh, a weird vortex of the. I'm. Let's get Jose out of the way first, because okay. I think Eddie's got more layers, right? Okay. So Jose. Denied his qualifying offer at 17.2, yeah. Okay, which would have been a $7 million increase to what he was getting before, right? Correct, but what, uh, $13 million shy of what he he demanded in the offseason? Right. Right? Right, yeah. When you look at it that way, it it tends to burn a little bit. Yeah. So, Jose, from all the talk in Toronto media right now is he's not really a liked player around the league. Yes, in fact, Baltimore's general manager said that he wouldn't sign Batista because his fans hated him. More likely, his players hate him. Yeah. And that's 
legit because we hate their players You're and right. that's okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's how, and I that's hate you, happens. Baltimore. Yeah, exactly. Um, Shots fired. That's yeah. a drink. So anyways, um, but no, I, I think there I think there's some validity to that, but I think that sort of tapers off as as maybe the the market demand goes down. At some point somebody's gonna see Jose Batista as and both of these players for that matter as a value which is not something we necessarily expected a year ago. It's something with Batista. We See, I think we sort of expected this with Batista. Maybe not that that he wouldn't be out of the gate like successful. We always knew there'd be hesitancy for him to get long-term money, um, a long-term term uh, of a contract. And, and so this is not so surprising with Batista that he has to wait a little bit, maybe take a bit of a sweetheart discount. Um, Realistically, he probably should have taken a seventeen million dollars a year. Uh, sorry for the one year, because I doubt he will get an average annual value of exceeding seventeen million right now. Right. But I could see him get two years twenty-five somewhere. I could see him getting three years thirty. And if that's what he wants to do, secure his f- future, somebody will do it. Maybe the Blue Jays. I think. I think the Blue Jays. Uh, I think the talk was. Other than the Blue Jays, not a ton of teams are looking for an aged right fielder slash DH. Yeah. And what, fine. Uh, I think the only other talk was uh, San Francisco. Right. And he and he's not a, a made-for-the-National-League kind of guy. No, and I can see where people... I mean, everything you hear on the radio and all that is all speculation, but I can see where he would not be a National League player, and I can see where Eddie wouldn't be the same because they're primary value in the term of contract they want will probably be as a designated hitter. Right. And if you eliminate the fact that Baltimore doesn't like them, uh, Boston probably doesn't have the money left for them after their big trade with Chris Sale, um, and a few other th- things around the league. Texas certainly wouldn't take on Jose. They probably want, you know, I can see yeah. Eddie going there. Um, but, you know, so you eliminate 15 teams off the board plus a couple of other extras where it probably doesn't make good business sense for them to do it. Then he's narrowed his field, and then who's actually left? Um I before this uh, season started or the off season started or as the season progressed I would have said that Edwin Encarnacion is the one you want back. Based on the current market situation this is probably a good chance to to transition to Edwin's deal. I think Batista is the one you want back to play as a cover first base for Justin Smoke and all the other things that are going on. I think that the Blue Jays have probably spent too much money too quickly, left Edwin in the dust, and now the only logical explanation is to go back to Batista and say we need to play first base, right field and DH and be sort of a utility-ish hitter. And I would be okay with that. I've always loved Jose. I would have liked everybody to stay and everything to be wonderful and us to win World Series and stuff like that. But Jose Batista is not a bad player yet. He's still a really good player who had an injury-riddled year, and I would take a gamble on two years, you know, one plus an option, whatever you want to do to get him back. I don't think he's as washed up as the radio and the television will let you believe. Right. And I think there's still, there might actually be a value point here where we get them less than the 17 million and that offsets what we're losing in the first round draft pick compensation. If he were to go somewhere else. Right. I, I think when it comes to Batista versus Eddie, I think, and I think I said it in the previous podcast when we compared the two, Batista is a guy who he takes much better care of himself than Edwin. Yeah. I feel like Edwin's like slamming cheeseburgers on the weekend yeah. and Batista's eating You like, notice he's running in videos now though because he's not getting his money. If uh, you follow him on Instagram, now all of a sudden he's on the treadmill. Yeah. But he was. didn't strike me as the type beforehand, right? So so I, I like that option. I like the fact that Batista is probably a better conditioned 
athlete. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you look at the year that Eddie had last year. Eddie knew that going into this into the season. It's his first time he's going to be able to be a free agent in his career. Mm-hmm. He had a career year. Yeah. And he walked into a market and got the door slammed in his face. Yeah. And and, and the, the speculation is that Eddie was offered four years, $80 million by the Blue Jays in the period of time, for those not familiar with free agency, after he turns down a qualifying offer, which is the top 125 players in the league, uh, the average annual salary of them, uh, for if you have a certain amount of time with a team and a certain amount of time in the league, there's different factors. But basically, if you're becoming a free agent, the team that owns you or owns your rights uh, has the option to offer you that average annual value of those contracts. And we had it with Michael Saunders. We had it with a couple other guys. But the only ones we offered to were Jose Batista and Edward Encarnacion. And that's $17.2 million. That's the, what Anthony and I talked about earlier. So both of those guys turned it down. Excuse me. And then they had five days to negotiate with those players before they became full-fledged free agents. So once they turned down the offer, there were still five days where the Jays could do some work. And what I understand and what everybody seems to understand and what the Blue Jays don't deny, so it's all we can go off of, is that the Blue Jays offered him four years, $80 million, $20 million per year. That on its own is probably less than what Edwin expected. It's less than what you and I talked about at Edwin for four years, $100 million. That's right, yeah. That's what we thought the sweet spot was. So, and Edwin had always made it very clear that from the time he was, um, uh, the free uh, spring training passed, he did not want to talk about contract negotiations or commit to anything until he got a chance to explore free agency. Right. So, they offered him the money. It, it was basically what we understand as the Blue Jays' max offer. And he said, you know what? I'm going to wait and I'm going to see once the, the clock strikes 11 and, I, and, and these other offers can come in, I'll get back to you. Well, the Blue Jays pulled the offer as soon as the clock strike 11. When a clock struck 12, they signed Kendris Morales, literally within hours of, right. of, re, of rejecting their offer for three years, $33 million. I think, Which I feel is a great deal. Yes. Okay. I agree with that. But I think if the Blue Jays could do it over again, they wouldn't do that. I think that the reason that people are concerned that Edwin hasn't signed yet, and now you see Edwin is not having the, the correct value and all that, I don't dis, I, I do not not think okay. that he would put, that he would not meet that four years eighty million dollars value. I believe he would honor that over the course of these years in terms of his production versus the inflation in the league and the salary cap increases and so on and so forth. I believe that Edwin is a good enough hitter that he probably would have made the Blue Jays that money back theoretically in right. the marketplace. Right? Kendris Morales is significantly cheaper. That's fine. Um, but I think the Blue Jays will prob- would probably even admit in confidence when Shapiro and Atkins come over for Christmas Eve dinner, mm-hmm. they would say, we jumped the gun. And that's the, that is the root of my problem with why we don't have Edward Encarnacion right now. It's not because they didn't offer them correct, the correct contract. I feel like they did not communicate enough their plan and jumped the gun on getting Kendris Morales. Kendris Morales, for three years, $33 million, is an economically sound deal. He produces about 75 to 80% of the production of what Edwin did last year. How can you argue with that? Well, I can argue with that because a couple days later, Matt Holiday went for one year, $13 million to the New York Yankees. A couple days after that, Carlos Beltran went for one year, $16 million to the Astros. We did not have to jump the gun and set the market on Kendris Morales. He's not as good as the three guys that I've mentioned. Okay. He's not. And the thing is, will he have a great season? Will he put up Edwin-type numbers? We'll see. But there, I think there was a responsibility to the fan base and to the people 
that invested in this team and gave it record sales and record profits to not jump the gun and act like the Cowboys and try and rule the, fran- the free agent market. It really frustrates me that they went out there and they spent you know $6 million on Steve Pierce a year and $11 million on Kendris Morales. The sum of those two parts, yes, in theory, they will produce more numbers than Edwin Encarnacion. But the protection that Edwin Encarnacion puts in that lineup for Troy Tulowitzki, Josh Donaldson, and all of those other people, the fear, the league-leading numbers, and the legacy that he gives to both new Blue Jays fans who have spent a buttload of money in the last couple of years that right. never would have seen it, and old Blue Jays fans like us that want to see our players back. Right. I think it was foolish on their part, and I think they're going to live to regret it. And I and uh, so, Kendris Morales and Steve Pierce, yeah. Honestly, mark my words. Right. I'd be surprised if the two of them put up 42 combined home runs next year. Okay. I would be surprised. And that's what you've done. You spent the money that you should have spent on Edwin on both of those. So if I see that, they will probably put up more than 127 RBIs because it would be a futile year if they didn't. But if they hit a combined more than 42 home runs, I will be surprised. And then what did you do? You pissed off a fan base. You pissed off an all-star. And you've got guys like me sitting here saying, I thought we were trying to win. Sorry, you said 40 or 42? 42, I think he hit last year. Whatever he hit last year, I will be surprised if the two of them do it to combine next year. Okay. And then at that point, you know, what are we doing here? Are we, are we playing small ball? Are we playing this smart ball with the, with the money? Are we playing money ball? Are we doing Billy Bean? Because Oakland won 20 games in a row one year, made it to the playoffs a couple times, but never won anything. That's very true. So, analytics are fine, but at some point you have to use your baseball eye. I've been going on for like twelve minutes on this, but like, <laughs> I, but I'm passionate about it, and I think that I it was a really, really, minutes. yeah, I think it was a really, really poor decision. I think they could have done a lot better with their patience. Okay, so let me ask you this, Mike. I feel like I feel this move is is not a popular one, but I think it's a smart baseball move. Okay, Edwin, no, no joke, the best. RBI producer in the league last year. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he won the R, uh, RBI title. Yeah. You can't take that. No one can take that away from him. Right. My argument is this. Edwin struck out a whole bunch of times last year. Yeah, sure. He hit a big home run that counted for a lot. Yeah. Back-to-back years where we had a sexy bat flip. Yeah. You can't argue that. But I like the idea of having a switch hitter mm-hmm. in, in Morales, and I like the idea of having a guy who can hit uh, hit lefties with no problem in Pierce. Right. Um, <clears throat> well, I can't argue with, with your thinking. And I think that... And those are both the upsides. There, there's downsides to those guys as well. Exactly. And I, I think that's where I would chime in with that. I think that... I would rather trust the devil I know than the devil right. I don't. Right, right, right. And I think that Kendris Morales was basically the power hitter in a lineup in Cleveland that essentially set him up to be successful. Do we need switch hitters? Yes. I, I understand the baseball theor, uh, uh, theory behind that. Do we need uh, guys that can only hit lefties in platoon? Uh, no, not so much. I've seen Steve Pierce. He's a 32-year-old little stocky dude that tries to play second base but is really built like a, you know, like a tight end. Like he's not – okay. We have struck fear into the American League for the last two years. Kendrick Morales and Steve Pierre make me flaccid. Like, it's, okay. it's disgusting. And any other baseball observer will tell you that we have taken a step back. Now, 
what I would have liked to seen is the addressing of the real needs. I don't. I didn't. I don't even think that Edwin and Batista are the real answer for this team. I think that's uh, a top of the lineup uh, outfielder right. that can lead off for us. And I hear Dexter Fowler, and he's a nice piece. I would have sunk all my. I hear people thinking about trading Andrew McCutcheon. Right. Is that not the player that we need? Or Ben Revere's still back on the market. And he's fine as a left field. I, I, we're stocked in left field. We got Melvin and, 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 and Ezekiel waiting in the wings. Right. We'll probably, honestly, we'll probably get Saunders back at a, a cheap freight. If, you know, I can, if, I can if see you it him. happening. I, and I, I think he probably wants to play here, too. Yeah. He's not, we're not going to offer them the $17 million that we were obligated right. to, but probably half that. I could see him, I mean, yeah, he trailed off in the second half, but he's a good Canadian boy. Right. You know, I, I, I think Sell there's some a, jerseys. I think there's a place for him within this scheme. And I guess the crux of all of this is what are we really doing? We have a window, as far as I'm concerned, that lasts another two years. And you know what those two years are? Guaranteed Josh Donaldson control. Right. One of the best players in baseball. Troy Tulowitzki makes $20 million a year. He's not going anywhere. He's a great add to this team simply because we traded him for the exact same value in Jose Reyes, who is not as good a player, no. and those prospects are already gone. Like, they're gone. Anybody who says the prospects that go- had gone along with them were the difference, well, I'm sorry, they're gone. It's like the Syndergaard argument. We can't really have that anymore. We're stuck with Troy Tulowitzki, whether you like him or not, and I know he's dividing, but he's going to be with us. I, Nobody will take his contract. There, I don't see him as a negative. I see him as a positive. I don't either, and everybody knows how much I love the guy. You do love but, him. You know what? Okay, so but the, but let's say that the pessimist says, "Well, you got to get rid of Tulowitzki. It's impossible. He makes too much money. Right. It's it's just not going to happen. No other team needs him." So we move on from that. Russell million, Russell Martin, seventeen, eighteen. I think he's up to twenty million. This part of his 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 contract. Okay, so that's a lot of money spent there. The more I love Russ for what he does for the team, and I think that's where his value comes from. So if we're going to pay Josh Donaldson, Troy Tulowitzki, and Russell Martin. All former All-Stars, great players, and I think guys who are still aging well and playing well and are competitive baseball players. Why do we have them if we're going to pussyfoot around with Steve Pierce and Kendris Morales? What is the point in doing this? And what I was going to say that was controversial beforehand is if we're going to sit here and we're going to let other teams like the Red Sox roll over us with their Chris Sales and all these other teams that are serious about winning, Washington going out and trading the farm for Adam Eaton, which... Still, still bizarre, but yeah. I understand the monetary. There's, there's, there's monetary reasons behind it. So okay, I get it. If we are going to play ball with the last year's MVP on our team, we either go in or we don't. So okay. what are we really doing here? Are we pussyfooting around and trying to appease a fan base so we can sell a few more tickets before everybody runs away? Okay. Or should we be doing a true rebuild where the where Josh Donaldson? shouldn't even be on our team if we're going to pussyfoot around on guys like Edwin or Dexter Fowler or whatever or Andrew McCutcheon and not get involved in serious competitive baseball negotiations. Ideally, who's your first baseman? Justin Smoke, Chris Colbello, Edwin, uh, Morales, uh, Pierce, I don't know, Batista. I mean, ideally, it's Edwin. At this point, I would say Batista. Okay. So who's your right fielder? Dexter Fowler or Andrew McCutcheon. Yeah. Andrew McCutcheon's probably not going to happen. It, it doesn't seem like it now. But I know. think there was a window at, at one point where Pittsburgh was willing to deal. Where, uh, where, the rumor is Washington? It was Washington, yeah. but I, I mean, Why okay. would, they wouldn't, everybody, they wouldn't hates, everybody hates when I bring up Marcus Stroman. But that's the piece that would have got you in a deal with Andrew McCutcheon. Well, there, and there was a rumor that uh, someone else for Charlie Blackman that, for Andrew McCutcheon. You, yes. I don't think that's enough. 
I agree. I think the asset is worth more. I'm not the biggest Marcus Stroman fan, but I think that he is worth more than Charlie Blackman to I any agree. franchise. So okay. that's the way I feel. It. So you're saying Edwin at first, or sorry, you said Batista at first. Uh, based on our current situation, yes. Ideally, okay. it should have been Edwin. Where does where does the battle at first base start with you? Because I feel Justin Smoke, for the I think the $4 million they're paying him a season, yeah. to be a bench player and every now and then strike yeah. out when they, when they put him in the lineup. Right. Like, I like Justin Smoke. I just think if he's not playing every day or two-thirds of the game mm-hmm. or two-thirds of the season, he's just a waste. I think he's probably not going to play two-thirds of the season, so I would agree with you that he's a waste. I get there I get there in a different conclusion, but, yeah, I think um, he's a switch hitter. We talked about how we need right. switch hitters. Well, apparently he's not the great – I mean, okay – there was a magical time in 2015 when Chris Colabello and Justin Smoke played like Encarnacion at uh, first base. Don't even, that happened. Don't even get me started. But it's on Chris not Colabello. going to happen again. Right. And so, Justin Smoke is unnecessary to a competing club. I don't think the switch hitter saves him. Yeah, you're right. You've, when when you start crossing out the pros and cons on on, on it just there's more in the cons than the pros. And I, I I'm fine I with the guy. He's got a nice smile. Chews tobacco like a champ. Yeah, love everything about him. Like, like six foot five or something. He, he, he should, he's he's there's a reason why a lot of teams haven't given up on him. Right, but he just strikes out too much. Okay, that's what it is. So a guy like Justin Smoke. So first base not an option for him. So yeah. right now on the current lineup, let's say. Um, Let's say Eddie's out of the conversation. Yeah. So you're spending- Which I would expect he is, to be honest. I don't see any way that, based on the money they've spent some right now, unless Rodgers... Uh, and, I mean, how are they at the cap? I think they're probably at about 130, 140. So they could. I think the cap's at 189. So they could if they okay. wanted to. But the only room- way you're getting back Edwin is on a one-year, 20-some-odd-million-dollar deal, and then you're probably saying goodbye to the right field, and then I don't think that's as smart of a move considering you have Morales and Pierce. And that's okay. the reason I wouldn't do it. Not because I don't want the player, but I think Batista makes more sense. I agree. So let's let's say first base is occupied by Batista playing maybe 20 games a season yeah. at first base, Morales playing 40 games, yeah. Smoke playing and maybe 25 games, 30 games yeah. there. Um, Pierce. Maybe Pierce playing a handful. We just of games. mentioned four first basemen. Right. What a waste! Right, and but what what's the other answer? You, there's no first basemen out there for you to. Sign. The other answer is that they should have waited longer. And you're right, and, and, and I'm not going to dwell on it too much. But it, essentially, they screwed themselves. Out I don't of, think the morale signing is bad. I think for the money you're going to get, yeah. I think overall that guy is a fucking. Scary looking guy at the plate. I what I like for him is his approach is a little bit more disciplined than some of the hitters we've had in the past, and that may serve us well. So I'm not going to count the guy out before he has a chance to hit, and I haven't seen him every day, and the numbers are certainly impressive from last year. Right. So it may very well. What I didn't like is that you pigeonholed him into a DH because we had a first base problem too. Right. And that that cock blocked Edwin and Jose. So it was just. It was a poor decision, I thought, at the time to commit to a guy who, you know, you said 20, 20, 40 games at first base. I'll be surprised if he gets 20. He's just not a very good fielder. So as a pure bat, yeah. But he's a guy that you add after the fact. Or, like, at least Matt Holliday can play first in, thir- uh, right. first in the outfield. At least, and he's not great in the outfield anymore. But, like, there's, it's not just... Like, to me, Morales was a good uh, average hitter with switch hitting. That's difficult to manage considering we have so many positional needs to fill. Okay. I don't think he was the right... I think he was right for the money. I don't think he was right for what we need. Okay. So let's let's talk about the thing that we haven't talked about the most, which is where the Blue Jays 
the Blue Jay management probably shined the brightest this year yes. or last season, which was the second half season of the bullpen. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the issue this year. Benoit uh, signed with Philly. Um, yeah, which is too bad to see him go, especially with the way he went out. Yeah, it was too bad that you didn't get to see it through. But um, I mean, he's he's in he's almost forty. You, right. you got to respect a guy who's just getting a deal somewhere. Right. Fine. Fair enough. Um, you got Biagini who's returning for another season. Love that guy. Oh man! And today they had the Rule Five draft, and they had him on the fan talking about it. And and I, I'm happy. I'm happy to see that guy in a spot. Uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, he's great. Yeah, and, and who, who knows what happens to the rotation? He might find himself in the starting rotation at some point. He has the raw tools to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so where do you see the Blue Jays? Like, they lost Cecil. Yeah. Um, so far, my biggest disappointment that signed elsewhere. Um, but, but and they ended up picking up a, another lefty, um, an older guy. I can't remember his name. Holden. Oh, Oberholtz. Yes. Uh, Oberholzer. Yes. So what they're going to do is they're going to start him in the minor, minor leagues. He's sort of been an up and down, you know, AAA, quad A player, they call him, between the major league and AAA. Um, he's been around for a little while. Nothing wrong with that. All right. We need lefties. So no problem. I got no problem with that. And I can see him getting his shot. Where do I think they're going to go with it? Let's hear it. I think we're going to go internally. I think we're going to see Bo Schultz and Ryan Tapera and all these other guys come out there. And we're going to line up our Osuna, Grilly, uh, Biagini, and lean on those guys. Okay. I mean, that that's a big, bold statement. I think, but like, do you see how much money? Like, okay, Brett, Ce- Brett Cecil, who we probably could have used back and yeah. that we all liked, $7.5 million per year. So $30 million over four years. It's wild. And most people in Toronto don't even like Brett Cecil. That'd be correct. So, based on our our cap concerns and how much money we have to spend and how we have to dress the outfield and perhaps some first base coverage, I think you're going to see Justin Smoke, Steve Pierce, and and the occasional dose of Kenneth Morales at first base next year. Okay, that's probably what's going to happen. Okay, probably going to sign a Dexter Fowler or trade for a type like that to play right field, and you'll see Pilar in center, and you'll see a lefty platoon of uh, Upton and Carrera. Yeah, I think that's and that, and that's disappointing in some ways, but at the same time, our pitching's pretty good. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, but I don't think we're going to go out and spend money on the bullpen. I think this is the worst year. You know, if you want to go out and spend money on the bullpen, you should have been going after Chapman and get your one-two oh. nasty punch that Cleveland screwed us with. Yes. Like, that's that's where you spend your money because Chapman is twice the pitcher that Cecil is. Right. And, he, you know, and, and you got him controlled through age 28 through uh, but 33. But was, was Chapman going anywhere other than back to Chicago probably or not. New York? Probably not. But you I'm know? saying oh, the, the Kenley Jansons, the this and that. Right, right. Uh, Chapman, you're right. He probably would have gone back to New York, and New York paid him a little extra because they didn't have to give up the first-round draft pick because they traded him to the Cubs. Okay. So, like, everything was good on that front. But, um, yeah, I mean, a high-end reliever. Uh, I, I just didn't think this I, – I don't blame him for not spending on relievers right now. I think they're going to piecemeal and call it like they did last year, and yeah. it worked out last year. We'll see if it works this year. I don't think it's our biggest concern. It was one of the most miraculous things that I saw last season was – the the front office wheeling and dealing, styling and profiling, whoo, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing, and making that bullpen work. As much, you know what our best move last year was, and I I truly believe this, and I know I got we all got in, uh, infatuated with the Blue Jays uh, starting rotation last year, and career years from Jay Happ, career year from Marco Estrada, um, you know, spotty but relatively effective work from Marcus Stroman. I think Francisco Lanariano is our number two pitcher going into next year. Wow. So, wait, hold on. I think he's better than all of them outside of Sanchez. Wow. I think that was a steal, and I think you guys are going to be – you're going to fall in love with this guy next year. He found something. Whatever he lost in Pittsburgh, he found it again with the Blue Jays, and he was hurt. That slider was – 
It's filthy. Wacky. It's nasty. It, like, so I, I, if he keeps it rolling, I think he's our second best picture, pitcher next year. I, he's a guy that has always had the raw tools and the overpowering stuff to do it. Now, God bless Hap, and I sure hope Hap found something in his game too. Yep. So maybe all these guys, the guys are on the same plane. But we're gonna have we're gonna be having a conversation next year as to who the second best pick because there's nobody topping Sanchez. He's got the best. Stuff. Oh, it, it, you know what? Barring maybe an injury, I can't see yeah. that guy getting stopped. I think. Year. I mean, he's the reason that we traded Syndergaard and Nicolino and and kept him out of our you know draft class of six, five or six years ago. I mean, yeah. he's a superstar stud. He's uh, he's gonna be a Cy Young contender. He came seventh this year and he didn't even pitch enough innings exactly. to really be relevant in the conversation. Exactly. So he's right there, right? I, I'm so. I'm still shocked that that Porcello won it. Bizarre, right? Ah, like are they just handing those Cy Youngs out to everybody? I thought for sure it would have been Kluber or uh, or Britton or Verlander ahead of him. Even maybe Chris Sale. I love Chris Sale. I'm really disappointed he went I to know, Boston. I know. You know what? He's that, too good. You know what? We're, we're gonna have that conversation when the spring training yeah, starts. Okay, yeah. Because when we do our previews of the AL East or something. Man, Boston looks so mean. Oh. You, the only the only shining light is that fucking big poppy isn't playing for them this year. And I, I that's and you. that's sad that we're banking. I mean, because uh, that a forty year old a forty year old guy is the, is <laughs> the reason that we're not thinking they're going to absolutely crush us. You know, no, they're. I mean, you can't deny that they're, no, they're, 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 they're the favorites, and yeah. and they won the East last year, and they ran into the Cleveland Wall before we did. So, yeah, you yeah, know, very true. They, they've improved, and and we haven't we haven't kept pace, and that's concerning me because the Yankees are coming in twenty eighteen, folks. Yeah, they're clearing that cap space, and then we got to worry about them too. So okay. this is our window. So let's do some let's do some quick. I'm gonna throw some things out. You they give me a, a straight quick answer. Sure. On it. Okay. So who is Toronto's opening day pitcher next year? Aaron Sanchez. Okay. Who is the starting right fielder for the Toronto Blue Jays? Dexter Fowler. Wow. Do the Blue Jays sign Jose Batista? No. Does Edwin play in the National League? Yes. Who do the Blue Jays sign as a backup catcher? Chris Iannetta. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice pull. Um, does John Farrell? Oh, it's not John Farrell. Wow. Does um, John Gibbons have a job at the end of this season? Upcoming no. season. No. Where do you see? Where do you see the AL East finishing at the end of next season? Boston, New York. Wow. Toronto, Baltimore, Tampa, Tampa Bay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 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 Um, I hope I can change that, folks. I hope I have a different outlook in spring training, but. Where does Jose Batista land? Los Angeles Dodgers with Alex Anthopoulos. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, what else do I have for you? Um, where do you see the Blue Jays' payroll at the end of this this off season? One hundred thirty-nine million. Let me write that one down. Remembering the salary cap is one hundred eighty, and that's bullshit. I, yeah, I heard them saying that they're they're planning on maxing out at one hundred fifty. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh. Quick comments on the batting coach. On Eric just, Owens. Yes, Eric Owens, my was he boy. The only, was he the only one left let go, or was there other – because Brooks still there, isn't he? Yeah, Brooks, Jacoby, I believe still – I think they fired Aaron, uh, Eric Owens. I think Eric was the only one to go. I think he was just sort of the sacrificial lamb. I don't think that – Someone had to go. And you know what? We hit poorly in the playoffs again. Yeah. And what are you going to do, right? Um, Jacoby has ties to Cleveland because he played there. Right. And maybe he has some kind of prior relationship. I think that the next – the reason that any coach of the Blue Jays will go next is because Gibby will go too, and they'll just clear house. And I'm concerned that will happen at the end of next year. 
uh, not concerned because I think that Gibby's the best coach ever, but concerned that because we're probably not in a competitive cycle anymore. Okay. Mike, coach, thank you so much for doing this. Guys, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. is coming in three years. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> Things Five years from now, we're good. Okay, buddy, I have a little present for you. Um, I want to thank you for all your hard work this year. Oh, of course, man. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm glad that you did. We'll do another season plus. we got our new podcast coming up. Yeah. If you guys didn't hear the bumper uh, before this podcast started, Mike and I are starting a new podcast. We're going to be dads where we talk about becoming a dad for the first time. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. going to be great. We're really looking forward to it. It's another topic that we're really passionate about. So I, I'm I'm thinking if you enjoy this, there's no reason you shouldn't tune into that. I think it's the same kind of thing. we got a really good thing going here between the two of us. And uh, we just like to yak and shoot yeah. the shit and be real about things. So you know, And it, our it wives are going to join us, which may be a good or bad thing. Uh, it'll probably be pretty quiet. You I'm going like, to ask your wife if you're good in bed. She'll tell you yes, because she wants me to pay for the baby. Okay, I'll take that. All okay. Right. <laughs> So, brother. Oh, nice. Here (laughs) is J.P. Aaron Sebia bobblehead. Beauty. I don't have this one. I got a full collection, too. I I know that's the one you're missing. (laughs) Nice. Thank you uh, you very much, dude. That's awesome. uh, As the anchor of the uh, Blue Jay edition, uh, there is one of uh, the Blue Jays' best back catcher of all time. (laughs) No? (laughs) Is he not? I think he's still playing. In Texas? Shoot, man. I know he went to Tampa Bay, and then there was something. Oh, geez. He is still floating around. He may have packed it in, though. Baltimore? He played, some, he played somewhere against the Blue Jays recently. It was Tampa Bay, right? Yeah, I think it might have been. Maybe Atlanta, although that feels weird. Oh, no, Dickie went to Atlanta. Yeah, I know he did. Crazy, right? Dude, this, we, got, we got more stuff that we can talk about in the spring. Here. Okay. Yeah, you know, that's uh, that's okay. Good for Dickie. Yeah. I'm glad he's still yeah. got I like Dickie a lot. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm glad he's still throwing it, yeah. and, and, and that's good. Okay. All right, guys, let's call it there. This is it. The end of this one, Mikey. Thanks so much again. We'll talk uh, to you no soon. Problem, buddy. And I uh, hope you have your lovely wife on as well. Hey, bud. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.